0: Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. The message today is freed to be free. Hashtag, come on now. Amen. Saints, I won't take long in this little homily that I'm going to talk about today, but I want to go back and, and, and say we've been talking about the blood of Jesus and everything that the blood does and and how significant the blood is to Christians. And as Christians, we should have a full assurance and trust in the biblical truth that the blood of Jesus saves us, purges us, cleanses us, justifies us, sanctifies us, and gives us peace. All of that comes through the blood. The blood of Jesus also sets us free from the bondage of sin, Death, hell, and the grave. So now that we know how to effectively appropriate the blood, now we need to know what the blood provides for us. Amen? And so now that we have the blood applied, we need to operate in this freedom that the Bible talks about. And maybe sometimes we don't know what this freedom is. Sometimes we don't know, well, what, how, do I have the freedom to do whatever I want to do? Uh, what, do I need to live a certain way? And so I hope to be able to explain some things about the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. So first of all, let me just say this. When you are free in the Lord, this means you are free to be who God has called you to be. Let, let, me, let me make sure that I can get this solidified in every heart in this place. Just because you're short, you're tall, you've got certain varieties of sizes and colors and educations and lifestyle. Listen, God made you free. If you are a Christian, you are free. You are free from what people say about you. You are free from what people see in you. You are free from what people think about you. You are free in Jesus Christ. Hello, somebody. And we need to operate in this freedom. And in that freedom, we need to allow other people to be free to be who they are. Just because they might not dress like you, talk like you, preach like you, act like you, that does not mean that they're not Christian. Amen, amen, amen. A- am I talking to the right people? Yeah, yeah. Come on now. And see, when you up in here, man, when you're full of God, and you abide in him, you'll be who you are. Yeah. If your personality is an outgoing personality, don't try to dumb that down. Because then you, you, you you're not going to be who you really are. Listen, that's why I tell all my ministers, don't you dare try to preach like me. Can't nobody beat me at being me. You be you. Yep. You don't have to be as, as verbose as me. You don't have to be as bombastic as me. You just need to preach like you. Right? I'm like this because I'm straight hood. Right? And I'm going to be who I am. Yep. Just because I work in corporate America and I can effectively articulate some things with those that might have an education. <laughs> no, I can get straight on you. Right? Why? Because I want this church full of people that might be sitting in the high offices in, in, in right there in uptown. And we just, we just reached them because they were sleeping under a bridge. That's who I want in this church. And everything in between. Am I talking to the right church? Somebody say, come on now. And yeah. The people sitting up in those offices are just as lost as anybody else. And they are poor in spirit. They, may, they might have money, but they're broke. The spirit's all tied up, and then we would rather go, well, we just want to talk to those that that are are lower resourced. Oh, no, no, no. When I walk by those offices, I know they're poor. They sit up in there, they got the jewelry on, they got the nice shoes on, they got the nice suits on. But what I see in those souls is just as broke, busted as anybody else that don't know the Lord. That's my mission field. And I'm free to go after them because God gave them to me. I say, when you're free like that, man, you don't have to worry about it. When you're free, you ain't going to be apologizing all the time. I ain't apologizing because I know Christ. I'm free in this thing. Somebody say I'm free. I'm trying to set you free today. You're free to be whoever you have to be. Reach those people. Reach your community. Reach your coworkers. Well, I don't really want to, you know, they're kind of mean. Well, you need to get a little mean too. Hello? Come up in there, your little sweet self. Well, you know the Lord, he's really good. How good is he? Why is he good? Can you tell people why God is good? What has he done in your life? Before you even try to untie two scriptures, won't you just tell people how good he is to you? See, I don't know about if you know God or not, but I know him and this is why I love him. He changed my life. He saved me. He purged me from dead works. He destroyed the works of the devil in my life. He came in. He cleaned me up. He set me on a rock, a solid rock to stand and then he told me that I had a plan. I have a purpose. I have a destiny for your life. John, you are not called to drink yourself to death. I called you to the communities. I called you to go and reach the lost. I called you to go and save the sick, raise the dead. I called you to Heal mute tongues and death ears. I called you. God has called you, saints of God. Come on now. Do you believe that or not? Oh, my, 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 my. Somebody say, I'm free. I'm trying to set you loose up in here. See, when you come to worship, if you're not free, you can't worship. And the main reason you can't tap into what God has for you is because you come in cold and you leave cold. And you can't bake a cake in the refrigerator. You got to have some heat. And you trying to cook up some stuff for God and, and you still got dough because you're cold. But that was a mental image, I'm sorry. I just pictured myself eating dough. My bad. It's a great book called The Ethics of Freedom, and um, um, Jacques Ellul, he said this. He said, freedom is not one element in the Christian life. It is not one of its forms. It does not express itself accidentally or according to circumstances or through encounters. Freedom lies outside a list of virtues. It is not one of the fruit of the spirit. It is the pedestal of which all the rest can be set. It is the climate in which all things develop and grow. It is the signification of all acts. And he goes on to say, freedom is not then one of the elements in Christian ethics or morals. Without it, there will be no ethics. (laughs) The Christian life is set within it. We are so accustomed not to bring freedom into our Christian thinking that it does not occur to us that it is the situation on which everything depends. We are free only because we have been freed. Let me say that one more time. We are free only because we have been freed. Freedom is a part of the new nature. Second Corinthians 5:17. If any man, somebody say any man. Any man. And if any man, black, white, Hispanic, Australian. It doesn't matter what if he's from from Russia, Italy, India. The Bible says if any man be in Christ. See, I want this church to be an any man church. I don't want what is typically known as a black church. Just because I'm a black pastor don't mean I want to see all black people. Sometimes I don't want to see black folks. Since I'm black and from the urban community, I can say that and be all right with it. And you can't judge me on it because sometimes you don't want to be around black folks. Come on now. now. (laughs) (laughs) So listen, this church should represent all cultures and creeds. Because the Bible didn't say any black man. It didn't say any white man, any Spanish man, any Australian man, any Russian man, any man from India. It said, if any man be in Christ, he's new. See, racism is because the person is not new. You might be a Christian, and if you're a Christian racist, you ain't saved. Because the Bible is real clear. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Either you're new or you're not. You can't be a little pregnant. You can't be a little saved. You either saved or you're a sinner. It's either righteous or unrighteous. Holy, unholy. Light, darkness. At least in my Bible, that's what I, I've read in my Bible, right? And so, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Uh, um, all things have become new. No, that's not right. Old things have become new. Y'all, y'all messing me up. Old things have passed away. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I am, I am tired, ain't <laughs> okay so say it with me one more time if any man be in Christ, be in Christ go ahead all right so which means saints of God that behold part that's the freedom the freedom is man I've been made new and God made me new and left me to be crazy yeah because, you got to have a little craziness about you if you're going to go into the community. I'm telling you right now, if you don't have a little craziness about yourself, you, you, you need not go. Hello, somebody. You, you might as well just, you know, just be a sweet little Christian and, you know, because if, if, if you're thinking about going and winning the loss from, from, from people who are lower resource people, man, you're going to hear and see everything. And you better know it's warfare. Somebody said this means war it's warfare when you go in. That's why you need to be protected, armed and dangerous, and you need to know that you are free. Amen? See, we are free to be who Christ called us to be. So write this down. Oh, there's a scripture. I had it. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. I didn't realize I had it. You are a designer's original. Therefore, if you try to change something about who you really are, you would become a counterfeit self. Oh, let me give you a chance to write that down. Because, see, listen, saints, don't become a counterfeit you. Just be who God has called you to be. God has called you to be prophets. He's called you to be preachers. He's called you to be elders and deacons and evangelists. He called you, that some of you that have a great administrative gift, to use those gifts in the church, he calls some of you to be people who serve people in ways like in the medical field. He calls some of you that has been in corporate America and you know, you know methodologies and you have skills that you can bring into the church. We need those skills in the church. Some of you are project managers or change managers, whatever the term you want to want to want to uh, use. That we need those skills in the church. Some of you are are, are really good at art. Some of you can draw. Some of you are, know how to figure things out or creative with your hands. We need that in the church. God uniquely designed you because he needed one just like you. And we need to use all of those skills in the church. You might say, well, you know, I, I, don't, know, I don't know if my job is, is, is what I should be doing in the church. It may not be because your job may not be your passion. Your job might just be your money for now, right? But, but, but listen, just because you might be doing something at a job so that you can take care of your family... D- don't worry about that. God still puts some passions in you about what you need to be doing. M- maybe you should transcend that job and start c- calling out to people being a leader on the job. What do I, I mean by that? That means that people should know that you're a Christian because they know you can get a prayer through, so they should be coming to you instead of going to somebody else. Hello. Come on now. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And see, see, see that you should be. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. You, you should be a chaplain of your job. You don't need a title for it. You already won. I'm, I'm a chaplain at my job. I, I, I don't need that title. I know I'm one. Why? Because they know who I am. They know I'm a man of God. They know I'm a man of ethics. They know I'm a man of character. Why? Because that's how I carry myself. When I'm in meetings, when I'm out to lunch, I don't get involved in certain things, and they know it. If they try to pull me into certain jokes, they know I'm going to give them an eye. I'm going to say, you know I'm going to get into that, boy. So if y'all are going to talk about this, I can, I can go eat over here. I got my own money. Right, but what we're gonna talk about is, is we ain't gonna talk about people. We ain't gonna talk about bosses. We ain't gonna talk about employees. I don't do that. If you if this is that this kind of meeting, you can count me out. Right. H- Hello, or do you sit there and get involved? Mm-hmm. eating your biscuits. i like, yeah, we need you. Yeah, you know they ain't. Do- oh, is that too strong? No. When they when when you allow people to suck you in, that means you have lost your power. And anytime you can say, well, every time I get around them, I just, ooh, I just, I just feel so bad, then take the power back. Amen. You should make people feel good when they're around you, not the other way around. Hello, somebody. Come on now. How people feel when they leave you? They sure feel encouraged. If you're free, that means, listen, I'm free enough. That I know things are not going right in my life, but I'm not going to allow the person that I encounter to know about it because I want to put something in their life. I don't know if y'all ready for this kind of stuff right here. See, see, see Jesus was free enough to hang on a cross. And he, since he was so free, he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. It is for freedom that Christ sets you free. And even when you're being persecuted, you can look at other people and say, Father, forgive them. Because they have no clue who they're putting their mouth on right now. And you don't have to go and get revenge on anybody. God says, I will repay. When you're free in Jesus, Jesus got your back. See, when you're trying to do this and grope and plead, that means you ain't free in Him. See, that means you don't really think that He can do what He says He can do. Okay, all right, all right, let me get, let me, come on now. <laughs> Colossians 1.13 says this. He has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his son. So let me say that slow, because there's two points I want to talk about, then we'll get into my little points. He's delivered us from something. And translated us to something. So when you're free, you're free from something. But you're also free to something. Hello, somebody. And a lot of times we talk a lot about what we're free from, but you might not know what you're free into. So we're going to talk about what we're free from today. And next Sunday, you're going to have to come back to find out what you're free to. Say, I like to do that, make you come back. Because you don't want to get half a message, do you? Amen? So let's talk about we are delivered from something. Somebody say, I am delivered from something. <laughs> I hope you're delivered from something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We all need to be delivered from something. You know, pride, selfishness, bigotry, racism, whatever it is, we all need to be delivered from something. And we, we need deliverance every day. Since you're walking in this flesh body and in this flesh there is no good thing. That's why Paul said, I mortify the deeds of the flesh. Paul said, I buffet my body lest I, after preaching to others, I myself might be a castaway. He said, I had to beat my body black and blue because my flesh will always raise its little ugly head. At the the moments when you don't even want your flesh to rise, you can be in worship. And and that enemy can bring up an image. You in worship and you say, man, why am I thinking about this? Am I talking to the right church? Come on now like, like, like you all saved now. You all, oh man, you so holy now, you don't get those images anymore. Oh, you in the wrong church, because I know you lying. Because everything you've ever experienced in your life is saved in this computer right here called your brain. And that brain will never forget. I don't care how saved you get, you can talk in tongues for 24 hours a day for the next seven years. And you're still going to have those same thoughts and images. As soon as you come out of your little consecrated time, the devil's going to be right there. The Bible says after Jesus left the 40 days of being tempted, he left. But the Bible said that the devil left for a season. He's never going to stop messing with you. He hates you. And we hate him. Yeah, yeah. That's, you got to get that kind of tenacity. The devil hates me and I hate him too. Yeah, right. Until you get like that man, you know there's an enemy out there trying to kill you. It, listen, listen, I love I love the Lord of the Rings. I'm a, I'm going to bring some some clips in here and we're going to sh- pull some stuff out in the Lord of the Rings. There's there's one time when he was talking about it was the Fellowship of the Ring. How many of you know what I'm talking about Lord of the Rings? <laughs> so it's a movie. So it, there's one part in it that I really love is when uh, they brought the ring to the fellowship, and they had it on this little middle thing. And um, what was the little dwarf? Gum, 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 gum gim, Gimli. Gimli, right? He had the axe. You guys remember the movie? And he said, well, I'll destroy this thing right now. And so he went, he took the axe and hit the ring and knocked his little rear in back, right? Because this, 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 here's the deal. Here's the deal. Some things can't be destroyed by man. Oh, Lord, have mercy. See, see, some things have to go back to the pit of hell from which it came from. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody up in here. Come on now. And so some things you can't destroy with your little carnal, with your little mindset, your little experience, because your little education can't beat the things of the spirit. He said the natural man can't discern the things of the spirit of God, uh, nor can he know them because they're foolishness unto, uh, uh, unto him because it has to be spiritually discerned, right? And so what happened was we knew that they said that this thing can't be, you can't destroy it like that. you got to throw it from the pits of hell from which you came from. And here's a statement. Uh, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. But anyway, he said, listen, listen, listen. He said, war is upon you whether you believe it or not. I came to tell every one of you sitting up in here right now. You might not think we are in a war, but war is upon you whether you think so or not. They're trying to take your children. They're trying to take your life. Those demons are trying to take your health. They're trying to take your money. They're trying to take your family. They're trying to take your business. They're trying to take your ministry. And they are good at making you think they can do it. Come on now. Somebody say, he can't touch my stuff. (laughs) He can't touch your stuff. See, the only way he can get it is you give it to him. Come on, saints of God. Do you understand your authority in God? All right, come on now. Come on now. Shoot, man, I'm, I'm fired up. I might be tired, but I'm fired up. So let's look at some things here. I already talked about that. So let's look at what we're free from. The first one is asceticism. Asceticism is a severe self-discipline and avoidance of all forms of indulgence, typically for religious reasons. So this is what you're free from. You're free from asceticism. Let me tell you what this is. There are a lot of people caught up in this because they think they can go to church enough to be saved. Uh See, this is what this is. That's that's, that's a long word, but all it means is you have put your religious duty over your relationship with Christ. That's what that long word means. You'll see this in, in, in theology and all this stuff, but don't worry about it. This is what it means. It means that you think that because you teach Bible class that somehow you got a special relationship with God. Now, now there's, there's, there's a time when Jesus said, many will call me Lord, Lord. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Just because you call him Lord don't make him so. That's right. Hello, hello, hello. And so, 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 listen, you're free from this. You don't have to go through your little Christian duty to fake like, listen to what I'm saying, to fake like you're saved. Amen. Okay, you free. Somebody say I'm free. I'm free. So, listen, don't think you're doing me a favor by showing up a church, first of all. I'm gonna be here rather, you're gonna be here not. See, I don't come up here to preach just so oh, let me just see who's gonna be at church. I'm free from people. I'm free from seats, I'm free from numbers. And since I'm free in Jesus and I can preach free, then you guys listen, you do whatever you want to do. I'm gonna still preach the gospel. Right? I would love for you to be here to get the plan and to to get encouraged and all of that. I would love for you to be here, but even if you're not here, I'm going to still be preaching. See, that's the kind of tenacity you got to get, saints of God, because everybody that start with you is not going to finish with you. The Bible said it like this. They came out from us that it might be made manifest that they were not of us, for if they were of us, no doubt they would have continued with us. I promise you, everybody who start with you, I ain't going to finish with you. Some of them will. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell you how many people started with us that are not here today. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of folks that are tiny. Quite a few folk. Because, see, they don't understand that sometimes you got to transition. See, you can't grow as a church unless you're willing to transition. Can I, can I take a few moments to talk some leadership with some folks? And, see, the transition is this. See, there was a point when Moses came out with the people. He had his hands on the people. He had touch with the people. And that's, that was one of his problems. He was so close to the people, but God was trying to take him higher. See, he, 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 he came out with them. He was delivered with them. See, when you first start, you know everybody. You got it. You can touch everybody. Man, ain't but three folks. Y'all know what I'm talking about here? And so you know these people. You, you're talking with them. But when you get to about 30, 40, you can't be everybody's friend at 30, 40 people. That's when the Lord told Moses, now... Now you need to go before the people. Moses had the transition. When he had the transition, that's when he said, now you need some leaders. Amen. Good, graces of life. So when he got the leaders, the elders... The, the Bible said God put the anointing from Moses on the leaders. Why? Because now Moses can't be with everybody. Moses got to go before the people, so he delegates leaders to be with the. Am I talking to everybody? Come on. Come on now. Y'all seeing this? And so then, then it had the transition from there. Then God said, Moses, now you gotta go above the people. Amen. And then and, and listen, when God took Moses above the people, everybody couldn't go. This is where churches get in trouble right here because the man of God can't take everybody with him. Amen. And they'll say, well, shoot, he took Aaron and her up there, and, and I'm Joshua, and I, and I got to stay down here because well, you're, you're Joshua. See, some of y'all not meant to go up. Some of y'all meant to fight. See, if everybody thinks they can go up, then ain't nobody on the battlefield fighting. Hello, Somebody. And see, not everybody knows how to intercede for the man of God. And see, Aaron and her knew how to keep the man of God's arms up. Man, I'm preaching some stuff right here. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on right now. I bet you that. You better come on now. And so, so, so listen, when, when, when Moses got tired and his arms dropped, Joshua on the battlefield began to lose. So the men of God who knew how to intercede. They knew how to take care of the man and the woman of God. They lifted up his arms. They did whatever they did. Can, can I get something for you? Can I make you comfortable? I want to make sure that you can keep your arms. Are you tired? Can I Can I go get something for you? Can I, can I pick you up from somewhere? Because I want to lift your arms up so that we can continue to win the battle on the battlefield. We got some Joshua's in here right now. You weren't meant to go up, but you were meant to fight. God called you to be a fighter. He gave you a sword to fight. And then when you're trying to go up and you should be fighting, You don't know how to intercede Uh, and when you should be interceding and you're trying to fight, you don't even know how to fight. Come on now. And if you're not willing to transition and get into the ebb and flow of the growth of a ministry, you might miss what God is doing in your life. And we're at a stage now when it's my time to transition. And ain't none of y'all gonna hold me back. That's how you got to be, saints of God. You got to have enough tenacity to say, come hell or high water. I'm going to do exactly what God has called me to do. No man on the earth is going to stop me. No devil in hell is going to stop me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You don't have to pick that tempo up. Hello, somebody. For freedom Christ set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. I'm telling you, saints of God, you know slaves? You're free in the house of God. You shouldn't be a slave to anything. Let me give you the principle. No amount of of devotional discipline or denial of your body will make us acceptable to God on our own merits or our own terms. You can't read the Bible enough to think that somehow. See, this, this is where, <laughs> see, a lot of times, this, this is when, when spirit-filled people, they think they're better than a lot of people because they speak in tongues. You ain't no better. See, that, that's, that's asceticism. See, you think, you think somehow you got a leg up on some revelation from God. See, no, 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 you don't. So listen, 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 that's why this is why God is, is restoring the apostolic and the prophetic in the house, because we got to get some order back in the house. Just because you can prophesy, don't don't make you a prophet. And see, and we need to know that. See, just just because God gives you some words and all that stuff. Yeah, you, you might you, you can hear from the Lord, but you may not be ready to operate in what God has called you to do. Right. And then sometimes people can take that and use that in this right here in that word right there. And they think, man, since God has given me words, I got to give them to everybody. Uh, God has called me to come and set this church straight. I've had a couple of them come in here like that. They didn't last. Because if you're not submitted to anybody, how are you going to go and try to set somebody else Amen. straight? And that's the first thing I wonder, know well, who is your pastor? Well, the Lord has called me. No, the Lord ain't your pastor. No, no, who is your pastor? Who are you submitted to? Well, you know, I really don't want well, you. You ain't coming in here to tell me nothing. First of all. Second of all, I got leaders and other prophets in this church, and I got mentors that prophesy to me. I don't need no prophecy from nobody I don't know. Listen, I don't get caught up in that kind of mess, and you shouldn't either. That's why you need a local church. Somebody who's praying for it. I can prophesy to all of you, but I don't do it. Sometimes you're just going to have to come in here and get the word because every word I preach is a prophecy. Every stinking word I preach is a prophecy. And if you can't get a prophetic word from what I'm preaching, you just can't get it. Something about what I preach should inspire you. Something about what is preached from the... From the and, and I said my, uh, me, and I apologize for that. But something about every man or woman of God that preaches from the Bible should change you. It should inspire you. It should equip you. It should qualify you. And it should change you. Because that's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not going to do anything unless you change. He comes in to change us. And you're going to have to die to change, guys. And listen, listen, let me just say this with you. The Holy Spirit... Can't raise anything that's not dead. Right, that's right. Wow. Amen. You're going to have to die. Yeah. Jesus had to die before the Holy Spirit rose. You got to die. You got to die to that flesh. He ain't going to raise nothing up unless you die. Oh, man, I must be in the wrong church this morning. Did y'all fly in with me? Y'all seem like y'all a little tired. Good gracious life. Man, this is, let make, if, boy, if I had hair, it would make my head itch. Let me get you the point here. We pursue God through the body. And personal discipline because he has already accepted us and made us his very own. Amen? So asceticism is the first one. Let me, let me, let's me do this one right here real quick. Judgmentalism. Yo, boy. Judgmentalism. This is, this is the other one that he's, we, got, we got freedom from, saints of God. Uh, judgmentalism is continually having or displaying an excessive critical point of view. And listen, I, I, oh, boy. Okay, so let me see if I can get this right because a lot of people that are in the world, they make statements like, I'm not going go to go ch- to the church because they, they are so judgmental. How many, how, many, how many of you guys heard that? Yeah. But is it really judgmentalism? Because, see, let me qualify. Sometimes people can judge people. Yeah. Right? I do know that. I'm not <laughs> totally, totally uh, oblivious to that. But, but, but at other times, you just convicted. See, sometimes people mix conviction for judgment. Just because they're preaching truth and you don't like truth, you can take that as being judgmental, but actually that's conviction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hello, am I in the right place right now? And, and so let me just, since we're talking about the Bible, let me just clear something up. The Bible says that we should judge and it should be judged. We should judge righteously. That's what Jesus said. What does that mean? That means that we can't judge anybody in the world, but we can judge people in the church. Now, if you come up in here and you say you're a Christian, Right. By the word of God, I can look and see, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You ain't lining up. Now, I didn't say he wasn't lining up to my tradition. That's been judgmental. But if a Christian is not lining up to the word of God, that means you love them. Okay, I got one, uh uh-huh, and a couple of nods. Okay. The Bible says faithful are 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 the wounds of a friend. Saints of God, the reality of the gospel is that it's counterculture. That means the gospel should change the culture, not be changed by the culture. And when culture comes into the church, the church should not be complicit to what the culture wants. The church should change the culture based on people being changed. In the ch- Am I talking to the... So judgmentalism, the, the reason I brought this point up is we're free from it simply because we shouldn't be pointing fingers at nobody. Amen. See, 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 we first got to understand that before you start judging people and what they're doing, you're going to have to ask yourself, well, what am I doing? Yeah. Right, right. Before you say, well, shoot, man, I, 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 I wish somebody called me. Who are you calling? Come on now. Don't get quiet on me now in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> well, well, wait a minute. No, I wish somebody would pray for me. Who are you praying for? Come on, amen. Amen. Yeah. The Bible says it like this. Give. Shape, I, <laughs> I slipped that one in there. I apologize for that one. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 12 says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves among themselves, and I why. So in other words, it's like a tribe of pygmies comparing themselves to see who's tallest. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like you're all short. But you know what? We're all pygmies in the house of God. Why? Because we all fall short. <laughs> we're, we're all a, a tribe of pygmies in here. And when we start trying to compare ourselves among us, say, oh, they doing this, and they doing that, and they not doing this, and they not that. Whoa, 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 what are you doing? You Hello? See, what I'm trying to do is inspire you so that you can stop looking at what the church is or is not doing, and you ask yourself, what am I doing? Stop judging the church. Judge yourself. What are you doing for the kingdom? What are you doing for the people living next door to you? How often have you baked them a cake and taken it to them? Well, they talk a different language. Well, in the Bible, there's only one language. It's the language of love. Hello, you don't have to go down to Nicaragua or or Mexico or Africa when you got Africans right down the street. Come on, saints. Come on now. They're right down the next door. They're next door. You see them every day. And then you say, ooh, I want to go on a mission trip. Well, why don't you just do this? Let me, let me give you a good mission. Can I give you a good mission? You bake some cakes, some cookies, or something, and here's your mission. You're getting ready to go on the mission field. You ready? Listen, you're getting ready to go on the mission field. Let me help some of y'all go on the mission field. You're going to bake some cakes, and you make it look really, really nice and everything, and you get the kids, you get your husband, you get your wife, and say, listen, we're getting ready to go on the mission field. We're going to go to the mission field. And you, and you walk out the door and say, "Daddy, we getting in the car? Nope, we're walking. We're going on the mission field. So you walk right next door, (laughs) knock on the door of your mission field, and say, listen, you've been living by me for five years. I have never come to introduce myself to you, and I want to ask you to forgive me for that. That is not neighborly. And as a Christian, I should have come to show my hospitality to you by now. Can you forgive me? That's your mission. Listen, we bake some cookies and cakes for you. Listen, what's your name? I just want to call your name when I see you. What's your wife's name? What's your kid's name? I just want to call their name when I see them. Praise God. Have a great day. Bye. Somebody say, now, come on now. Is that missions? That's missions. Right there. Look, if I can't go next door, why would God send me anywhere else? See, this is the problem. This is what's killing the church because you got people that are coming to church and say, well, when the pastor have a mission trip, I'll go on a missions trip. Yep. <laughs> no, bro. You should be a missionary in your community. Oh, you Why you went on a pastor to do stuff? <laughs> That's what's killing the church. Well, when I see the pastor do it, I'll do it. No, 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 saints. You came in here for something that God wanted you to do, not for something you want me to do. I'm already doing what he called me to do. Can, can I help y'all? Oh, man, I can't get through all of this. So y'all got to come back. We're going to do judgmentalism, and that's it, because I'm tired. Here's the principle. We do not morally judge one another, for Christ's death on the cross has paid the price for us. He suffered God's, I'm sorry, I should say God's God's wrath and the penalty of death in our place and freed us from God's ultimate judgment. See, see saints, listen here. I know a lot of people are, are talking about justice. I know that because of the climate that we live in. Justice is not what we need. What we need is mercy. Amen. Let right me tell ta- you, justice means you get what you deserve. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. See, he suffered God's wrath. Because the justice of God was we should die. He died so that we could receive mercy. Is this making sense at all? I'm talking about from a spiritual context. We need mercy, not justice, because if we get justice, then he should have died us before we, He should have killed us before we got saved. Because that's what we deserve is to die because we were born in sin. Does that make sense at all? saints to God, okay, let me give you this point. We are judging ourselves are we judging ourselves at the same level that we judge others? Here that's the whole point. Uh-oh. Come on now. Come on now. Are we, are we judging ourselves at the same level that we judge other people? Boy, that's <laughs> that's one you gotta muse on this week, amen. Everything I said today, that's probably the only thing you're gonna remember. Because soon as soon as I get to work on Monday. The first thing I'm going to do when my brain tries to judge somebody, because it does it all the time because my brain ain't saved. Your brain ain't saved. And if you think, if you think for one moment that this stuff ain't for you, you, you lying to yourself. This stuff is for everybody in here. And as soon as you go to work, that judgmentalism is going to pop up in your brain, and you're going to have to ask yourself, am I judging them on the same level that I'm judging myself? Why don't you do this? But well, what are you doing? Is that all right, saints of God? Are y'all all all right with me stopping right there? Okay, because we got to eat and y'all are hungry, right? Amen. Come on and give him a praise in Jesus' name. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's Near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's Change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.